The Day the Sun Grew Tired by Aya Karpinska One evening, just as the first stars were beginning to shine, the sun made a decision as she settled down to sleep. I'm not going to get up tomorrow, the sun said. I'm tired of working so hard every day. Her job was not easy. Every day the sun got up, climbed to the top of the sky and back down again, dragging her rays of light behind her. It was especially hard for her to cast shadows. There were so many of them. The sun had to make a shadow for everything, from buildings and street signs to every single petal of every flower. No, it was not an easy job. When morning was due to begin the next day, the sun just snuggled further under her bed covers and shut her eyes tighter. Outrageous, cried the moon. Who does she think she is? The stars protested. This sudden darkness will frighten the people on earth, the moon said. The plants and animals will be frightened too. What can we do? The stars fell silent, wondering how to sort out this strange problem. Finally, the morning star spoke up. Let's ask our friends to make a storm. People on earth will see that it is dark and rainy, but they won't know that it's happening because the sun got tired and stayed in bed. All agreed this was a fine idea. Together, the moon and stars went to their friends, the clouds, and asked them to pick the thickest and grayest among them to cover up the sky. Then the moon and stars called up the rain and thunder and asked them to prepare a storm. So all the creatures on earth now lived with daily rainstorms instead of daily sunshine. In the evenings, the clouds and rain would go home, very tired after another day of storming. The moon and stars tried their best to shine a little brighter once night came, but the glow of their silvery lights was nothing like the powerful sun. After a whole month, the stars, the moon, the clouds, and the thunder decided they had had enough. It was time to talk to the sun and coax her back into shining during the day. They found the sun still in bed, reading. Dear and most respectable sun, the earth is suffering without you, they began. Oh, just let me finish my comic book, the sun interrupted. I only have a few pages left. The sun loved reading comics. They were short, and she could read them quickly. She never bothered with big, thick books, because by the time she got halfway through, her heat would start burning the pages. The group waited patiently until the sun put down the comic. Then the clouds began again. With no sunshine during the day, no plants can grow, so the people are eating only sardines and canned soups. The thunder spoke next. Rain has been pouring for so long, it's starting to wash all the color out of the world. Please won't you shine for us again. We miss you and we need you. Please, begged the moon. The stars joined in. Please, 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 please. Oh, the sun sighed. It's such hard work. And it's repetitive. Always the same thing, over and over. Repetition is like rhythm, answered the moon. A song of life, and you're the conductor. Hmm, well. The sun struggled to find a new excuse, but nothing came to mind. After all, she had had a nice long month of rest. Well, all right, she said. The moon and stars cheered, the rain wept with relief, and the thunder clapped. But, the sun said, I won't cast any more shadows. Every minute I have to move and adjust them, stretch them long in the morning, squash them at noon, 
told them long again in the evening. I'll shine all day, but no shadows. Everyone was so relieved that the sun was coming back, they agreed to the no shadow rule. Dawn came and the sun rose with it, strong and bright as ever. Flowers burst open, trees shook themselves dry and bore fruit. Children ran outside and danced in the sunlight. Nevertheless, it didn't take long for one of them, a nine-year-old girl named Cassie, to notice something was funny. Look, yelled Cassie to her friends, Paul doesn't have a shadow. Everyone stopped their dance, and all eyes turned on him. You don't have one either, Paul yelled back. Hey, me either, cried a chorus of voices. They wondered if they had forgotten their shadows at home, like they sometimes forgot a hat or a jacket. As each boy and girl ran home to check, they saw that nothing had a shadow. Not the trees or bushes, or the cars parked at the side of the road. Not the street signs or dogs or garbage cans. Nothing. So all the shadows had disappeared. But everything else was as normal as can be. At least it seemed that way at first. When Cassie's family went to the beach the next day, they were surprised to discover that no matter where they stuck their big red beach umbrella, it didn't cast a shadow. After just an hour of splashing in the sea, Cassie's mother called her back. It's too hot and there's no shade. Your father's getting a sunburn. There was nothing to do but pack up and walk back to the house. As they turned onto the street, Cassie let out a yelp. Ouch, she said, rubbing her forehead. I didn't realize how close the stop sign was. Without shadows, it was hard to tell how far or near things were. And Cassie wasn't the only one. All over the city, all over the world, people were bumping into things and tripping over them. One afternoon, Cassie was playing in her mother's bright, sunlit studio. Her mother was a painter and was helping Cassie mix the right color for a midnight sky. Remember when the shadows in here used to scare you? Cassie's mother said. Yeah, and you told me stories about them so I wouldn't be afraid, Cassie answered. What was the one about the old coat rack over there? It used to have a shadow that looked just like an octopus. Cassie turned to look at the coat rack, and suddenly an idea popped into her head. She dipped her brush into the dark gob of paint, and right there on the studio floor she painted the silhouette of a little girl. She stepped onto the feet of the painted shape and laughed. Cassie ran around the room painting in shades and shadows. Her mother joined in, painting a little smudge of gray underneath each bookshelf, a dark patch under the chairs, all the strange and funny shapes that shadows make. Soon they were out of dark paints. The room looked just like it did in the days before the sun grew tired. Thanks to Cassie's clever idea, her mother began a new career as a shadow painter. Soon other painters and illustrators also found work making shadows and silhouettes in the city. With the carefully painted shadows, people could see whether a signpost or fire hydrant was near or far, and they didn't bump into or trip over them as often. The painted shadows were a big improvement, but they couldn't move with the path of the sun. Now everyone knows shadows are different at 9 o'clock in the morning, different at 12 noon, and again different at 6 o'clock in the evening. The painted shadows, however, lay in one place, lifeless. For a time, people hired shadow erasers as well as shadow painters. The painters would paint a shadow of a building downtown at dawn. The erasers came five minutes later and washed away the paint. The painters returned to paint a new shadow, 
one half inch to the left of the original, and so on all day. It was a lot of trouble. No matter how fast the painters worked, it was impossible to paint a shadow for every single thing, everywhere, at all times of the day. Thankfully, they could rest after the sunset. Then everyone went inside and turned on their lights. The lamps and light bulbs took care of making shadows indoors. Paul, Cassie's friend, went a step further and started walking around with his flashlight outside during the day. He missed having his shadow walk with him to the bus stop, so he held the flashlight above his head as he walked. Other children copied the flashlight idea, and some even attached small lamps to their hats. Wearing lamp hats spread to the children's parents and the parents' friends. Ultra-bright street lamps were designed that blasted a light even brighter than the sun. The ultra-bright lamps cast shadows on the street, even during the day. The new lamps did not escape the attention of the sun. She scowled at them. Look at all the lamps they need to do the work I used to do by myself. A passing cloud stopped to look down upon the earth and agreed. Those lamps aren't very smart, you know. They can't even move the shadows during the day. The sun had learned long ago that moving shadows was very important. It helped everyone understand that time was passing. Later, when she met the evening star in the sky, the sun complained that it should come to hat lamps. They're trying their best, said the evening star in a low voice. Can't you see how precious your shadows were to them? The sun turned her back and went to bed, but she didn't sleep well that night. She had nightmares dreaming of monstrously large lamps that swallowed up the whole world and kicked her out of the sky. When the sun awoke the next day, she made a new decision. She decided that shadows were as much a part of her as the bright, warm light she gave. The sun carefully arranged all her rays of light and started working on making the day's shadows unforgettable. Immediately, the creatures of the world noticed. Everything was familiar again. The people in the cities left their lamp hats at home. They stared at their true, sun-made shadows, seeing every shade of gray, every little detail. Who knew that sun shadows were so delicate and beautiful? And what is light if there is no shadow? The End